welcome to the Proper Mental Podcast. Normalising open and honest conversations about mental health by having open and honest conversations about mental health. Welcome back to the Proper Mental Podcast. It's episode 57. My guest this week is Rachel Philpotts, who is a registered nutritionist, a health science writer, and a mental health expert. And Rachel and I were able to sit down in person and have a chat about her work and her life and all that sort of stuff. And I'm so glad we did. It's a wonderful conversation. I think you're really, really going to enjoy it. It's great to be able to record in person. Um, Rachel and I, have we've known of each other for a little while, you know, we live locally and we move in some of the same circles. We've got friends in common, uh, but we didn't get to meet until the live show back in November when Rach came along. She was in the audience and um, we got to say hello. And shortly after that, we put this put this chat together and we talk about kind of all things nutrition and how that relates to mental health and how we can make some sort of small incremental changes to the things that we consume and how that's going to benefit the bigger picture of being mentally well. And I really love Rachel's approach to this. It's really good. She's She cares so much. She's so passionate about what she does. And a lot of that comes from her own story. So we talk about how she got into this line of work and her own experiences uh, with burnout. Rachel had a very high-powered job and she worked very hard and she ended up in not a very good place. And that was just fascinating to chat about. And I think burnout is probably so much more common than we realise it is. I'm surprised it's not come up more on the podcast so far. I'm sure it will again. And I think a lot of people listening are going to hear Rachel's story and probably, you know, realise that maybe in previous years they've been closer to actually fully burning out than they realised at the time. And it was for her own personal journey that kind of took Rachel along to nutrition, everything that comes with it. The other thing I really love about her approach is that it's multifaceted. So nutrition's important, of course it is. And we talk about this in the in the conversation, how... You know, you can eat as many almonds and drink as many smoothies and drown yourself in green tea. But if that's all you're doing, then it's not really going to do much at all. But when you combine it with these other things that are also really important for mental well-being, then suddenly you get all the benefits of everything. Everything works together. And Rachel's approach focuses on all these different aspects. And we kind of talk about the best way to, to do that and to make some changes and to bring all these different things into play. As ever, when I've got someone really knowledgeable on, I kind of use that as an excuse to ask about <laughs> ask about all the stuff that's applicable to my life. But I guess my life is pretty similar to other people. So I ask about things like protein and we chat about caffeine and alcohol and hormones and how they can be balanced and regulated with food. And we just get into it, really. And what I've really wanted to do with this episode and what I think we have done with this episode is just give people some ideas about how to implement this stuff. Because I think it's easy to just list off vitamins and minerals and say this is good for this and that's good for that. But it's never that simple. It's never that simple with food. It's always complicated. And it's not just a case of going to Asda, filling up your basket, and then suddenly you're eating healthy. You need someone to give you the information and then show you or empower you 
how to implement it. You can't just change your whole life overnight, right? Particularly if you're struggling with your mental health. You need someone like Rachel to guide you through the process. So as well as some like specific ideas around nutrients and the science behind all this stuff. Rachel also talks about ways that we can bring these things into our lives. It's a great conversation and I'd love to know what you think of it. If you would like to know more about Rachel, probably the best place is her website, which is re-nutrition.co.uk. And there's links there to all her social media as well. She's very active on social media and she's always offering up free little guides or downloads or things to help. She puts a lot of very useful content out. So I'd highly recommend giving her a follow and keep your eyes peeled because she's currently working on her first book. So she'll be worth following, I think, just to see when that is ready, when that's about to hit the shelves. I've put links to everything in the episode notes. There are also links to all the different ways you can get hold of me, my social media at Proper Mental Podcast and my website www.propermentalpodcast.com. There's a link to the Buy Me A Coffee page where you can buy me a virtual coffee to financially support the podcast. And the best way to support the podcast is, of course, to rate, review, like, subscribe, share, tell your mate, tell your mum, all that sort of stuff. It takes seconds to leave a review on Spotify or iTunes. And for those 20, 30 seconds you spend leaving a review, you will gain my friendship for the rest of your life, which sounds like a good deal. Or maybe it's not. Anyway, this is episode 57 of the Proper Mental Podcast with Rachel Philpotts from Renutrition. Thank you very much for listening. Enjoy. started chatting <clears throat> my daughter I was I look after my daughter on a Friday while my wife's at work and I'd like I'd bribed her to be quiet I'd said you can have a penguin if you like just stay out the way for five daddy needs five minutes and as soon as we hit record I could just hear upstairs this little voice go dad I've done a poo <laughs> and I was like oh my god this is my moment and like that's all all you can hear in the background is that and I thought you know what I'm leaving it in because yeah. that's my life you know yeah, that's yeah. what I've got to do and deal with after yeah, I've yeah. spoke to this celebrity yeah but um <laughs> yeah oh mate Cool. So yeah, let's just dive in. Here we are with another episode of the Proper Mental Podcast. And my guest this week is Rachel Philpotts. How are you, mate? Good, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, mate, thanks for coming <laughs> along. Thanks for coming along. It's um, it's nice to get to know you a bit in person, Rach, because we kind of like, we've got a lot of friends in common, haven't we? We kind yes. of operate in some of the same circles, but never actually got the chance to, to meet and sit down. So it's really nice, mate. Yeah, really nice. I, I feel exactly the same. It feels like we've almost been like Instagram buddies and now we can actually <laughs> meet in person. Yeah. <laughs> I really like that about social media. I've got so many like friends, yeah. like Insta friends. And some of them I probably like if they're, profile pictures like heavily filtered I probably wouldn't even know them if they walked past <laughs> yeah. me in the street but yeah, yeah we're like swapping messages and we're yeah. like best mates but yeah it's a nice thing but no it's really cool yeah. to um to get the, the chance to chat I suppose the best part to best place to start is what do you do Rach how do you describe your work um so I'm a nutritionist and a functional medicine practitioner so yeah, I help people who are kind of tired and wired um, to combat fatigue and improve their mood naturally. Um, do you know what functional medicine is? Is it worth um, me? Not really. Start? I would, yeah. Yeah, I, okay. yeah, go for it. Jump yeah. in. Okay, I'll do the kind of bite-sized version. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of based on two principles. The first one um, being that we are um, 
as humans we are a whole system and that is a combination of different systems working interconnectedly and if all those systems are working um optimally and in balance with one another then we wouldn't see like signs and symptoms of disease so that's kind of principle one a bit more holistic than your traditional medicine approach yeah sure and the second principle of it is that we're all um unique so everybody is different so what brings one person to depression for example will be different to what brings another person to depression so it's all about figuring out what's actually happening um at a physiological level with that individual to be able to help them rather than kind of treating a label so rather than saying you've all got depression we'll treat it all in the same way or you've all got burnout or anxiety because you know we're different genetically we've experienced different things in our lives and like the environmental factors like your diet and your lifestyle are all different so yeah all them combined make you unique oh mate yeah i love that (laughs) i love the idea of that because we do tend to yeah, we treat the diagnosis, don't we? So yeah. it's like if someone's suffering with Absolutely, depression, yeah. then we just throw everything at the yeah. depression word. <laughs> yep. But we can, I suppose we can get, the way I like to say it sometimes is that we all break in different ways. Yeah. But sometimes what comes out when we break is all the same. So yeah. the depression or the anxiety or the whatever, but how we got there can be very, very different, can't yeah, we? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, mate. And I, yeah, I suppose the best way to say it really is that I need to eat like a Tom and you need to eat like a Rachel. And if absolutely. we swapped then it probably wouldn't work yeah, out exactly what, too what, good. Yeah. yeah, what's right for you wouldn't necessarily be right for me. So yeah. yeah, oh mate. So how did you get into this line of work? So let's, <laughs> let's go back before you were a nutritionist. Yeah, so before I was a nutritionist, I worked um, in a corporate environment. So I was um, in procurement and doing kind of commercial strategy work for 13 years, um, which... You know, I enjoyed, I was quite good at it, um, successful, but um, I just, I think it's by nature to sort of just keep trying and pushing and pushing and pushing, and I just kind of uh, basically burn out. Um, and it was during that kind of burnout that I sort of discovered um, a more natural approach. Right. Um, and then that inspired me basically to just kind of leave that world behind and retrain um, and now I am where I am today. There you go, yeah. <laughs> I often find when people do, um, when they provide a service or when they um, like genuinely want to help people, it yeah. normally comes from some sort of, like they've experienced that need for that yeah, help. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you've talked about burning out there. Yeah. Was that a slow process? Yeah, I was going to say, I probably glossed over that slightly because <laughs> burnout is definitely not something that happens overnight and it definitely didn't happen overnight for me. Um, I would say it probably was happening over a number of years and I probably told myself in the early days that I thrived on stress and that's what kind of got me through. But ultimately, I think it was the, the stress that um, is what yeah caused me to be quite poorly and... Um, yeah, certainly in that last sort of 12 months and the run up to it, I was kind of quite stressed, feeling quite overwhelmed, a bit frustrated as well in my career. Um, yeah, and it just all kind of culminated in a t- kind of real sort of... Something I'd never really experienced before, either, Tom, if I'm honest, because I've always been a quite anxious person, an overthinker, if that makes sense. So when you've always been that way, to kind of get to a point where you you kind of wake up one morning and you're not worrying anymore you almost kind of disengage and feel disinterested that kind of sets alarm bells off because you sort of say well you know I'm a happy person I'm normally you know everyone always says oh you're the one full of energy and how does she do it and all that kind of stuff but 
yeah, to kind of just have nothing left in the tank and just feel really low. And and it is depression because that they are like the common overlapping symptoms. It's Very just much. my cause is different perhaps yeah. than somebody else's. Um, but yeah, to find myself in that kind of depressed, dark place was really scary. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I bet. Yeah, it's the, it's the funny thing about... Um, sort of being an anxious person that's how I describe myself I'm an anxious person okay. I'm an overthinker yeah. and uh, it's really easy to channel that mm-hmm. you know so you can channel it into work work yeah, is yeah. brilliant society is built for us to take Absolutely. those feelings <laughs> and just use it yeah. you know and for a while it kind of feels like a superpower doesn't yeah. it you know but that's not you can't sustain those levels of no. activity no. yeah was it a case you kind of like along that path you don't have because I found I find with a lot of people that it kind of goes up and down. So you kind of feel a bit rough, and then you think <clears> like, ah, oh, maybe I just need a holiday. Yeah. Maybe I just need a weekend off, and yeah. then you kind of get that. You feel a bit better, and you jump straight back in the Absolutely, mix. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I think. That's how I was sustaining myself. I think for a long, long time, and that's why I always say it doesn't happen overnight. And now I understand a bit more about what's actually going on in your body. I can appreciate how what what happened at that point because we like you said then we've all got different resilience levels so you know maybe you and I are the kind that just keep going and keep going and keep going because that's who we are other people might not have you know would kind of just stop and rest all the time because that's they just feel you know tired and, and maybe they don't reach burnout because they're just you know built differently yeah they can just like just <laughs> they can recognize going. it yeah. and then just kind of rest and maybe we just didn't relax enough <laughs> <laughs> that's true right yeah there's so many things now and if i'm like chatting to my wife and maybe we'll think about something that happened years ago like maybe the way i reacted to a, a situation or certainly something that would be um not nice enough that we still remember it now years later mm-hmm. and it'll just come up in conversation and it'll make me think like bloody hell I was sick yeah I even then yeah. like before I knew what mental health was before I knew what stress was before yeah. I knew what any of these things were yeah. I was stressed I was sick sorry and I didn't know I was sick yeah. because society is built for us yeah. to just be like that yeah. right everyone's like it especially when you if you work corporate and you're in the, yeah. like big office buildings and stuff everyone's the same yeah. so you don't know that you're different exactly, right yeah. yeah and you think oh yeah two weeks holiday you'll be fine but normally in then two weeks you get sick because you've been working really hard. <laughs> it's the classic, isn't it? <laughs> so then yeah. you're just kind of then getting over your cold just to kind of go back in and start again. So yeah, um, yeah it is like a, um, the kind of hamster wheel and so many people can get on it and run and not realise, like you said, and until it's too late. And that's almost the quite sad thing about it is almost like getting that poorly that you that that's what makes you stop whereas mm. if you kind of recognize that sooner then you might not have had to get there and I some this is going to sound like a bit perverse probably because it was awful but I almost feel lucky that that how do I say this without sounding just sound like it mate just go for just, it just I almost feel lucky that I only got depression, which it sounds ridiculous to I say. <laughs> but like, you know, because other people, like, you know, they get early onset menopause, they get, they have strokes, they have, they get um, early onset Alzheimer's. It's, you know, it's, it's a, a big deal. And like, depression is a big deal. But I still feel <laughs> grateful for it. And it's a really yeah. strange thing no, to I say. No, I know exactly but... what you mean. Exactly <laughs> what you mean. Yeah. Because yeah. you can kind of, you know, you can you can live a life in a way that you manage depression, yeah, yeah. you know, you can, you know, like you can get better, yeah. you can, and some things yeah. 
maybe you can like you yeah. say yeah, yeah definitely yeah. yeah so did you like what sort of things were you ignoring along the way like did you have like physical yeah. symptoms and stuff going on as well yeah yeah um definitely i mean obviously the anxiety was out all the time and that kind of I, I would notice the more overwhelmed side being stronger than it would be normally but then there were other things going on as well that, that i ignored so <clears throat> things like i was putting weight on um frequent infections so i felt like <clears throat> excuse me i would always <laughs> i'm not fighting one now <laughs> 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 but i always felt like i was like you know you'd get over one cold and then you'd have another one um a kind of like foggy brain like finding it harder to recall information than before um messed up female cycles and hormones and things like that so there was lots of things going on that were kind of noticeable that you that but almost in my mind not serious enough to pay attention to and I just kind of kept going <clears throat> mm. and obviously like the tiredness that was that was something that I think when I was younger um I could kind of keep at bay but as I got older <laughs> I couldn't anymore so <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. You used the phrase earlier you said wired and tired yeah, and I yeah. thought crikey you just described my 30s. Yeah exactly exactly <laughs> like right. That, that whole feeling of being like <laughs> yeah. too um, tired to do anything mm. but too wired to stop like you know and still now that's a big battle for me actually yeah. still still now but it doesn't go yeah. away does it at the end of the day like I, you know I, I mean I still it, well it, you know even kind of getting to the end of the year when it's um, like Christmas and things and that becomes a stressful time for everybody and then you start to feel like oh you know I'm I'm doing a I'm, I'm in a career where I'm helping people not to burn out and I'm like am I like on the verge of burning out here <laughs> yeah, that's it. someone said the other day I can't remember what I was listening to and someone said that it's the people that recommend self-care are always the ones that are like yeah. worse at yeah, doing yeah. self-care yeah. yeah it's an ongoing balance isn't it you yeah. know because you have days where you feel you can take a bit more on so you take a bit more on and then yeah. maybe that pushes the, the balance the other way and yeah, yeah so i think that's a lifetime thing isn't it is always staying yeah just trying to stay aware and yeah, <laughs> just, absolutely. just work with it mate. yeah <laughs> so what was really interesting that you said then actually is that you kind of noticed something was wrong when you started disengaging with things? Did you feel yourself like just switching off from stuff that... Yeah, I, I definitely channeled myself more into my work and I found myself like just kind of less, um, you know, not not meeting up with friends, kind of um, bailing on like family and personal commitments and just kind of almost like existing just to kind of keep going with the job, which even now I'm saying out loud, I think, oh my goodness me, how sad. Um, but yeah, definitely like, and I'm not even sure I, I could, whether I even knew that at the time. It's only kind of looking back at it now that I know that like I would disengage from things and just kind of just, yeah. it, it's, you're basically, your body's in survival mode and that's what I was doing um, <clears throat> from a behavioral point of view, but didn't join the dots. So. Yeah, I suppose these things are like really <clears throat> incremental. Yeah. So you don't notice the day to day. Exactly. It's yeah. a really weird analogy, but I always think of it. My wife said it once. She said, it's a bit like putting on weight. So you don't tend to notice until yeah. you've put on a sizable amount, yeah. you know, and then you go, oh, God, I've put on some weight. I need to do something yeah, about yeah. that. But then you don't and you yeah. carry on and then you just buy some new trousers. Yeah. So then you don't feel overweight anymore because your trousers <laughs> yeah, are bigger. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it just before you know it, yeah. you're a lot heavier than you were. And you think, oh, crikey, how did that creep up on me? But it didn't yeah. creep up. It was sneaking yeah. on all, all yeah. the time. Just we weren't paying attention. Didn't yeah. We? So how did you start? Well, first of all, how did that? 
end. So you become aware that you're pulling away from these things. Where, what was the point where you drew a line in it and said, right, I've got to change something? Um, I, I can remember um, just kind of be, like being in work and work and everything's kind of getting really stressful. And I remember that I, needed, I did a lot of traveling at the time with my job and I needed to get up that morning to go down to a meeting um, somewhere down south. And I just got up and just <laughs> basically didn't go. <laughs> and just kind of... <laughs> and then I, I think I don't, I'm not sure I left the house for like a couple of months, really, because it was just... And it, I, it's weird to say that's what happened on that day, because it obviously wasn't that day. But it just... I don't know whether a switch just flicked or what, but I just couldn't function. So... You, you can't keep going anymore when that's mm. when you feel like that can you so yeah. you just physically can't do just it done. Yeah, yeah just done you yeah. just don't and, and like you said and then you suddenly think and actually at that time i probably didn't even i probably even then thought you know i just need a rest or something but then the more i kind of i sunk a bit lower just for kind of stopping to be honest it kind of doesn't it doesn't you don't just bounce back up again do you you know <laughs> yeah that's it yeah um because then you've got to suddenly process it all thinking oh well oh, you know oh god i'm actually unwell now and then you actually that's yeah, a whole new kettle of fish that, then isn't yeah, it like, and admitting yeah, that out loud is hard and yeah. knowing what to do about yeah. it's hard so i hibernated and just kind of tried to like deal with it a little bit and then and then realize that yeah and i i also um you know obviously went to speak to the doctor because i knew something was wrong um and a, a, a bit like what you were saying before about the talking therapies. I'm not sure if we were chatting about that before or while we've been recording, but um, I wasn't sure that I was ready to talk to anybody about anything. So I just felt like I needed some help. So that's when I actually did take medication. Um, and that did kind of give me, like, that kind of got me through that, like, hump, of, if you see what I mean. And, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure if that's what you were asking. No, about. no, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm really interested in the rebuild because I think that's what a lot of people struggle with. Because sometimes yeah. we we hit that rock bottom and we don't know we're going to get there until we get there. Yeah. And then what do we do when we yeah. when we're there? Right? How do we start to to get ourselves yeah. out? And you know, meds is a great little way of um, you know, crikey, I've probably said this on every uh, episode. I don't advocate for or against, but yeah. for me, it certainly made the difference between. Um, putting in a position where I could do the other stuff. Yeah, and that's, that's exactly it, right. That's it. And that, and, some t- and, and I've got to be honest, Thomas, it comes up a lot with clients as well because, you, you know, you have to, there's there's almost kind of, even at that point when I was low, I kind of knew what I would, what to do to feel better, but I just wasn't interested in doing any of yeah, it. Yeah, exactly, basically. yeah. Um, and I have the same conversation sometimes with clients because they kind of come to me, you know, they want to take a natural approach, which I, which I can kind of, which I can understand because meds don't work for everybody, and some people just have an aversion to medication anyway. And to be honest, I probably would have said I was like that before I took them. Um, but you know, there's only so much you can do with food and lifestyle, and I think if you are kind of in that kind of acute phase, and you might need extra support. And I remember talking to my sister-in-law at the time and she kind of really helped me wrap her, my head around um, taking antidepressants because she said to me, if you were if you were a type 2 diabetic and you needed insulin, you wouldn't question taking insulin for something that was physical. This is probably the same thing. Uh, well, not the same thing, but the analogy is there that you know you're, you might be missing like a chemical in your brain and you just need that help from this medication to get you back to being able to produce it yourself. And that's 
when I kind of thought, stepped back and thought about it in that way, I thought, yeah, I need to change, reframe the way I was thinking about medication um, at that time. Um, and it did help me. It's not for everybody, but it did help me. I, I've tried to take it again since, and it wasn't helpful. And I, I, for me, I think it only helped because I was at that real low, yeah. low, low point. Yeah. Um, we have all these things at our disposal, don't we? We have yeah. all these things, whether it's whether it's food, whether it's exercise, whether it's nature, whether it's yeah. you know community connection, all these things. Yeah. And yeah, sometimes we just need a little help linking it yeah. all together. You yeah. know, I kind of like I was really really lonely when I was sick, and that played yeah. a massive part. Like you know, I'd isolated myself. I didn't want to admit I was lonely. I didn't yeah. want to admit that I had no friends. Yeah. And I had no friends because I was like too scared to go and make friends. So, but I couldn't admit that. Of course, I'm a bloke, right? So I used to say, "Oh, you know, I don't like people." You know, I used to do yeah. that classic, you know, and, <laughs> and things like that. And but I couldn't go and connect with other people because I wasn't brave enough because I was like anxious about putting myself out there, you know. And it was yeah. just those are the things that I got help with through medication. It allowed me to feel more like myself. Then I could do more like little brave things that scared me, yeah. and that allowed me to connect yeah. with other people. And then that kind of led down this whole different yeah. different path, you know. So there's the yeah, there's a it's a certainly um. I suppose seeing them as a tool, isn't it? A tool to be used yeah. when we need to, like any yeah. other any other tool. Absolutely. Yeah. I also felt like um, <clears throat> one thing, major thing I had to kind of deal with when I was at that point was that feeling of failure. And that was a real hard thing for me because I just, I guess I've always measured my worth on success. Mm. And to kind of get to that point where you're sort of burnt out and not able to function anymore, I was immediately like that it was just like my brain was just going failure 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 which was just really hard to process i think and yeah. like you said i think sometimes you just need to kind of lift yourself out of that little bit to kind of then actually be able to change the self-talk a little bit yeah definitely i was going to ask you about that actually because when we do like throw ourselves into into work and like you say you're good at it and you're doing well at it it almost comes to define us doesn't it and yeah. that's another reason why it's so hard for people to step away yeah because they're like well th if this is what makes me me yeah. how could i possibly yeah. stop you yeah, know yeah. and that's a hard thing to do right yeah. that's really really hard it is. yeah oh mate so how do you so what's what's step one you know you get you get some meds you feel like you you know you want to make some changes how what led you to the to this natural path yeah, I, I suppose at that, at that time, I just, once I'd kind of started to feel a bit better, I then did start to look after myself a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, I just kind of nourished my body, started to kind of feel like I had a bit of energy to do a bit of exercise and started to kind of look after myself a little bit. And then, I, and then at, even at that time, I was still pushing to try and get back into this um, job. And actually, it took a little bit of time for other reasons which now I'm really grateful for because that extra time where I was almost frustrated to kind of jump back in, <coughs> excuse me, I realised I wasn't well then. It was only kind of a few months after that that I probably was getting better. I was still repeating that old behaviour. And then so in that extra time I had, I started to do a bit of research and digging around and I thought, oh yeah, I'm really quite interested in this. Um, I did have like, like a few like online nutrition courses and just kind of occupied myself while I was off that makes sense yeah whilst at the same time kind of healing nourishing a little bit more and then I thought you know what um why am I fighting so hard to get back to this career that like hasn't really ever been a passion I've just been you know okay at it like why don't I do something that I actually really believe in and yeah. feel quite passionately about so then I started to do a bit more investigation and I kind of came across functional the concept of functional medicine um and the kind of route that I could take from a nutrition point of view and I just basically went back to uni and uh dive straight in and went from there yeah, yeah. it's really interesting <laughs> that you know you were keen to 
jump back into your um you know back into your job back into your old life for a little bit <laughs> yeah but that's really common yeah. really, really one of my favorite sayings and I don't know who said it I wish it was mine but it's not um <laughs> but you can't heal in the same environment that made you sick yeah, yeah. and I think that's a, a something that a lot of people do isn't it that they yeah. want to jump back into their old life and you almost have to like it's almost like a grieving process I yeah, think you is, you know getting you know part of the getting well as well as the physical stuff as well as doing the mental work it's almost like the acceptance that as much as I've built my life around this thing that's yeah. no longer good for me and I yeah. just can't go yeah. back to it yeah. you know and it's it, um it's tough it is tough and it takes time and it's really interesting you said that because I've been doing some like burnout talks recently for in corporate environments just kind of little half an hour lunch and learns and I did one um, a couple of weeks ago for the organization that I was um, working for at the oh, time mate, yeah. and that was like a really big step for me because I mean I, in the end as it transpired the people on the call weren't people I actually knew that many people on there but um, it just felt like um, a real kind of full circle resolution of that whole time of my life if that yeah. makes sense yeah so, definitely yeah. how do you think when you were like in the in a you know in the thick of it um how do you think you would have responded to someone who was into functional med medicine doing a lunchtime talk do you think that would have uh, sparked something a little bit earlier because yeah. sometimes like well, I hope so yeah, <laughs> that's what yeah. I'm doing it for <laughs> <laughs> no but I think that's so much of this stuff we don't know is out there like yeah. I didn't that's yeah. one of the reasons why I wasn't doing any of it because yeah, yeah. I didn't know it existed some of this stuff I've only known existed since I started talking to people on the podcast yeah. like I just didn't know and now I'm thinking oh my gosh if I could have yeah. known about this yeah. my life would have been really really different yeah yeah absolutely uh, yeah I and I hope that it would have and, and the feedback I've been getting from people is oh yeah, yeah what you said really resonated with me and a couple of people have messaged that they've made little changes so I think well you know if you are capturing people in that moment where they listen to you and they recognize themselves and what you're saying Relatability. then you are then like catching them before they get to that point and that's yeah. the whole that's the point, right? Yeah, that's, that's the, the point. that's where the, where the magic happens. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, so, what? How come you decided to? Because um, there's other elements to your work, right? So there's the nutritional aspect, mm -hmm. and there's all the things that come along that, and we're yeah. going to talk about that shortly. But you also have these other sections that you promote. So can we get into those a little bit? So yeah. what's the? Um, I have got them written down, written down here. So we've got the nourish element of it, and there's the engage. Now that one fascinated me. Okay. What, what do you mean when you talk about engage? Um, so just to backtrack, the four steps you mentioned is that, um, my basically my mood boosting method that I developed to sort of help clients holistically. Um, because like you said, it, it's not just one element, it's all elements working together. So engage for me means re-engaging, if you like, in activities that you enjoy and, and physical activity and exercise as well. Because there's so, much, so much, many benefits that can come from... Um, from doing that for you, from your mental health point of view. And also because, you know, okay, we talk about exercise and, and most people know that exercise help will, can help with mental health. But I, the reason why I call it engage and didn't just put it as exercise was because, it, you know, it's engaging in activities you enjoy. Not everybody enjoys exercise, but they can find something that they enjoy. But it's also about re-engaging in those aspects of life that you've disengaged from as a, when you came, when, as you, you know, if you're approaching burnout or you're um, feeling depressed and anxious, then you tend to disengage from the things that, they, that you enjoy. And it's just taking them steps to get back out there. Yeah. And I developed, it's funny because I developed it actually while we were in the first lockdown as well. So it was also about at the time how finding a way of engaging with people when we couldn't physically engage with yeah, people. So. Yeah, yeah. 
just trying to be a bit more clever about that and yeah oh mate i love it i think it's so important it's yeah i mean the exercise the power of that <clears throat> speaks for itself you know yeah. that's so so good for us but yeah like yeah the engaging in it and all the things that come come with that and yeah. you mentioned they're doing more stuff that that you like and i think whether it's through throwing yourself into working a 60 hour week or whether it's through just generally journeying through life it's those things that fall away aren't they it's the it's the hobbies it's the 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 little fun stuff going for coffee with a mate like it can be anything can't it they're the things that we can't do because we're working because we've got to do the school run because we're too tired because we've just been working and doing the school run (laughs) you know you almost like lose a little part of yourself don't you because you're just as i said on that hamster wheel working um uh living for work as opposed to working to live so to speak so yeah, yeah, definitely. So how do you kind of, um, do you help people with that process? Do you get them to kind of think a little bit about what it is that they have disengaged from? Like, how do you, wh- where, yeah. how do you get that space I mean, up and running? Yeah, I think I would, depending on who it was in front of me as well. So as I mentioned before about being personalized. So because for some people, they might need to disengage a little bit because you get some people coming in and they're like running half marathons whilst trying to, whilst, you know, being absolutely exhausted yeah. and so for them people it's actually a bit like you know actually this is like a major stressor and you're already stressed and your adrenals are just like what that's a so brilliant like, point brilliant they, point. They, they need to kind of like you know really calm it down um so yeah it's just about point so with anybody i'll be kind of giving them different recommendations depending on what's happening so it might be a recommendation to kind of just maybe walk a little bit or um you know less cardio more resistance or yoga based type exercise and just kind of emphasizing to them what that means and how that can actually um influence their particular symptoms so i I will you know if if i've done so i um i haven't explained this bit tom so i um do um testing with people when they come in to see me so i kind of understand their symptoms and what's going on and their journey but also you know what's happening at a kind of physiological um level so um, I, would be, I would be able to see, you know, what's happening with their adrenal glands, for example. Right, so yeah. if they were someone who was kind of like firing on all, sort of revving the engine all the time, I'd be able to kind of calm them down. Or if, if they look like a kind of classic burnout picture where the adrenal's just kind of given up a little bit, then we'd be like <laughs> looking at ways to kind of give them a bit of a boost um yeah so it's very depending on what's going on it's all about finishing fi- yeah. filling up that tank isn't it we only yeah. got like finite energy to use yeah. throughout the day right yeah. and if you're s- using half of it at work and the other half doing a yeah half marathon every wednesday yeah. or whatever so i guess from an engaged point of view my role is in fi- advisory so you know i'm not um a personal trainer i'm you know i'm not a yoga instructor or anything like that so if I, i'd be kind of emphasizing to someone look i think you know yoga or resistance training might be really beneficial for you for all of these reasons here um and then i might be then saying this might be a person that you want to go and work with yeah yeah i'm kind of building this little network of people that we can kind of work together depending on what's going on for that individual yeah oh mate no that's um yeah there's a lot of nice stuff in that i like that terminology as well in engage because yeah we do disengage yeah yeah Yeah, definitely so what's the next step after engage mate where do we go after one is restore so this is all about um, the rest and relaxation. So, um, you know, because stress 
is part of life. It's not totally um, avoidable, you know. Sometimes it serves as well, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. that's the other thing. Like, I think everyone thinks, oh, stress is like a really bad thing. But actually, stress can save your life. Stress is like cortisol is your survival hormone. So it's there to get you out of a sticky situation. Um, historically, if you were running away from a bear or, you know, getting ready <laughs> to fight, you know, like a, a fellow caveman, caveman or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then obviously in those days, the situation would resolve itself and your cortisol levels would go back to normal. But like where we are today, we're kind of got that like a persistent low level stress where we're kind of activating that survival response over and over again. But we're not, the threat isn't there in the same way um, i like to say it's the the saber-toothed tigers in your inbox yeah exactly yeah um or on the commute to work or whatever whatever that stress is but so the point being there's obviously certain stresses that we can control so whether that's kind of what you're putting in your body or what you're feeding your mind as we talked about before or but the unavoidable stress needs to be offset in some way so if we're kind of go 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 all day long then I'd be saying to people actually, you know, find in 10 to 15 minutes each day just to kind of offset that. And that's from the research, that's all we need. And that's like, you know, quite powerful as well, especially if you're eight hours mind buzzing and 10 minutes breath work, 10 minutes walking in nature or whatever, bath or something nice and chilled. Um, that can just get you into that kind of calming nervous state as opposed to being in your stressed state. Yeah, definitely. That overlaps uh, overlaps with a lot of stuff, actually. I've just mm-hmm. recently recorded an episode with a guy called Nick Littlehales, who's like a world-renowned um, sleep coach. Okay, and yes. he, he was talking about <clears throat> that a lot. Yeah. He was saying, you've got to just you got to give your brain a rest. Absolutely. got to give it a rest, just yeah. a little 10 minutes here and there <laughs> yeah. to just let it process whatever it is you're doing. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah, yeah and that, that's... A, sleep. Oh my goodness, sleep is such a big thing because there's such a reciprocal relationship between sleep and mental health. So, you know, you're not getting a good night's sleep, you feel rubbish the next day. Or if you're ruminating at night, then you're not going to get a, a good night's sleep. So it, that's one of the first things I like to tackle with clients is if, especially if they're struggling to fall asleep or they're night waking and can't get back to sleep, then that's one of the first things I like to kind of help them with. Yeah. Um, whether that's kind of how their, you know, their nighttime routine and kind of improving that cleaning that up a little bit for them maybe it's a kind of calming supplement or something just to kind of help them drift off but yeah that's something that we need to nail because your body can't rest and repair if you're not sleeping so Mm. i often think that like the bare (coughs) basic bones of what we need for like any sort of health you know whether it's like mental health physical spiritual emotional health the whole package is is you know sleep food water community sex all these things they're all the stuff we've massively overcomplicated and just ruined (laughs) you know what i mean we've got people who can design like (laughs) rocket ships and you know make amazon and you know all this sort of stuff and yet you know like eating and getting a good night's kip we've just completely just ruined it haven't we absolutely (laughs) (laughs) so where were we going with that what's after um restore into reframe yeah so the final step is reframe and this is a bit more um into the kind of um, sort of subconscious mind, the way we think a little bit more than the physical side of things. So this is um, based on the principles of neuro-linguistic programming. So um, identifying whether there's anything that's actually holding us back. So if we've got like any limiting beliefs that we've formed over the years that are, um, you know, might not be helpful for us, 
for example, my one was I thrive off stress. For other people, they might they they'll say things like I can't relax without wine. Or, yeah, like I said, I don't <laughs> like people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or I can't get through the afternoon without chocolate. Or it's just things like that that are quite that that are jovial when we're talking about it. But like they can actually be linked down to deeper things in terms of you know like oh I'm not good enough or no one likes me or, or you know these kind of fundamental things that um, almost like um, unknown to us that are holding us back. Um, ad- like identifying them and maybe creating new beliefs that are more helpful for us and then also then that kind of self-talk and this is very much coming from like an anxiety like position because when we're feeling anxious we can quite often have that negative chatter in our minds and and it's just ways of which we can kind of capture that and reframe it into something different um, yeah that kind of self-talk and maybe even things like we we say to each and it, and it, don't get me wrong this is like a muscle that needs exercise the same as anything else this is like a yeah. really hard thing to do and i'm definitely not perfect when it comes to this but um just the little things like the language we use to ourselves so i might say i'm terrible for eating chocolate in the afternoon or i'm a sucker for working late or something like that and i'm focusing on the thing that, that i'm focusing on the on the um chocolate or the working late but what i'm actually doing is telling myself I'm, I'm terrible I'm a sucker and because mm. I'm using all these negative words towards myself whereas if I said I'm great at eating chocolate in the afternoon then I feel <laughs> I feel better already I'm already sitting up a bit more excited because <laughs> I'm great <laughs> so it's just and it sounds a bit like cheesy but it's it's you know it can be helpful and it's, ways, it's, it's just massively little tools important. and techniques just to kind of help you know. Yeah, definitely. Imagine if someone like followed you round all day, pointing out all your flaws. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. like you wouldn't last long before <laughs> yeah. it would be a rough day. That, yeah, but yeah. that's what we do to our yeah. do to ourselves. And I think particularly when we, you know, when our mental health is declining, when we're sliding towards mental ill health, you know, like the first person you turn on is yourself. Yeah. And you take all those little things, and they turn into massive things and you yeah. like it's a stick to beat yourself with isn't yeah. it yeah i think it's so 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 important i do it a lot in my work in my in my day job you know i like if you want to change how someone's body moves yeah. you need to change how they talk about it because if you tell something you know it might sound daft people are like you are i'm not talking to my knee as like trust me if you <laughs> tell your knee it's shit at its job for yeah. long enough it'll yeah. be shit at its job yeah. and it ain't never gonna improve but the way the brain um you know Re- looks after the body it's got to be based on something yeah it's got to be based on this internal blueprint yeah. hasn't it if you don't yeah. change the blueprint you're going to repeat the same the same yeah. mistakes hey well, yeah a lot, lot of the things that our body does are just automatic aren't they and that's because our nervous system is just firing sending those signals unbeknown to us and it's getting on with it and it's the same principle almost like if you programmed you know your um computer and your brain in a certain way then it's firing certain si- signals so sometimes you're actual psyche or the way you think could be the thing that's holding your back and st- stopping your brain from sending the signal to resolve something in the body and it's just i, I think that area of, of science is like really fascinates fascinates me yeah um, yeah definitely we are our own like worst enemies aren't we yeah. with with stuff like that and that's really interesting actually because that kind of leads me to where i'd like to go next because okay. when you talk to anyone um about making small changes and i think that's what we need to do with nutrition isn't it mm-hmm. we need to like we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. We want yeah. to slowly make these incremental changes. But I think the first, one of the first things, I bet people will say it to you a lot is, well, it's all right for you. 
Well, it's all right for you. That tends to be people, like if people are, are stuck in a bit of a hole, I've said it, I should say it all the time when people yeah. used to suggest that I'd try something that, you know, might help my state of mind. A bit. Yeah. It's all right. I'd a million and one reasons why <laughs> I couldn't do that thing, yeah, you yeah. know? And why and it's it was, easier for someone else, exactly, for you. Exactly that, yeah. So yeah, yeah like working on, re, on, on that little voice, on reframing that yeah. um, is going to allow people to start making these small yeah. changes, isn't it? And is that what you recommend is like a doing things incrementally when yeah we're... absolutely so when I work with people I don't just kind of go all oh, this these are all the things that we've found and here's a massive like overwhelmed <laughs> thing and like go away don't come back again yeah off you go <laughs> to yeah, yeah exactly yeah <laughs> so we definitely I definitely work off um, incrementally with people because that's what gets results um but you're right you kind of need to like tackle that 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 self-talk of this is going to be really hard but also like recognizing that where people have come from if they are feeling pretty lousy it's it's hard to get motivated so it's just how can you give someone something small to just change um that they will that they will have success with so for example um like starting at something really fundamental like drinking water i would say to somebody you know you're, you're potentially a bit dehydrated that's not going to be helpful for your mental health so just take a glass of water to bear with you at night, keep it at the side, on your bedside table, and all I want you to do is get up every morning and before you do anything else is drink that glass of water. So it's just one simple thing that they're making a change of, but instantly they're giving extra hydration to their body. They're giving themselves the best start first thing in the morning to kind of have what I would call a good mood day um, because the hydrating and hydration has been shown to reduce anxiety and, and uh, improve mood so that's a really great example of something simple people can do yeah and then just thinking then kind of getting on to a bit further then in terms of just how they're building their food without getting too technical i would be saying to them okay i want you to think about making sure there's, there's some protein in every time you eat today is there some protein on your um plate um, not because I want you to eat lots of protein or, you know, I want you to cut anything out. Not like, let's just add that in. And most of the time, people aren't eating enough protein. Like some people eat too much, but not most of the time, it's they're not eating enough. And, you know, that protein, wherever it comes from, whether it be uh, meat, fish, plant-based sources, nuts, seeds, quinoa, anything like that. I mean, the vari most varied, the better. But um, that's where all the little amino acids are that are actually producing the chemicals in the brain that, that lift your mood. Right. So, you know, if you're not eating that, how's <laughs> your body going to produce that? You know, yeah. how, how are you going to ever feel better? I mean, you know, it, that's not the only cause. You know, depression can be multifactorial. But, you know, let's, let's give your body the building blocks it needs. Control the controllables, to, yeah, right? Yeah, it's give your body the building blocks it needs to produce these um, mood-regulating chemicals in the brain. Um, yeah, I so say like yeah. you know eating protein. Okay, right, I can do that. And then people go carbs. What about carbs? And um, you know what you'll tend to find, particularly in the new year, is everyone thinks right. I'm going to cut carbs out. <laughs> <laughs> or if you kind of if you or when you're kind of not feeling so great, and the the things that people tend to reach for when they're not feeling brilliant is the carbs. So it's kind of finding this balance. Me. <laughs> yeah, mm. me too. Totally, I definitely carb. For some reason, we think carbs are comforting and going to solve it all. And now, so the carbs for me, we de we definitely need to have carbs. So we don't want to be cutting carbs out. Um, the carbohydrates are what help those little amino acids cross the blood-brain barrier and get to where they need to go. So, you you know, you can't eat protein without the carbs. You need the two things together. Um, and it's just thinking about the quality of your carbs. So, you know, getting more fiber, things like that, you know, a bit more veggies. 
um, again because low fiber diets are associated with poor mental health outcomes higher fiber diets are associated with better outcomes and reduced um, depression and anxiety yeah so it's just little things like that and yeah you know i don't know if that's kind of help even yeah things i think it is it's, yeah. it's, um, i think just getting people to be a little bit more mindful mm. you know we talked at the start about just kind of you know treating depression as depression and nothing yeah. else or any like um diagnosis any terminology yeah. you want to want to use but you know there's often a why yeah. you know and of course there's you know there's some like why's that are, you know trauma related and stuff like that that's a different conversation but if we're talking in a general everyday picture of maintaining good mental health and mel- um, mental well-being yeah. then you know yeah we look control the controllables be a bit more mindful about what you're eating and yeah. sometimes just starting to think about what's on that plate then yeah. you kind of realize oh hang on a minute yeah. i've been going to that freezer box for tea yeah. every night this week the yeah. the thing that's supposed to be in an emergency yeah. it has, become has become my my norm yeah. Yeah. yeah and it happens you know and it happens to me too I, I, that's the other thing that i think i have to really stress is that i'm not some i'm not perfect and you know this is things that i have to think about consciously um to stay healthy and stay well um and they're the first things that slip and you, and, and i notice in myself oh yeah i know why i'm just you know i didn't have any protein in that meal before no wonder i feel a bit like yeah groggy or whatever. yeah that's a real um that self-awareness is a real skill for yeah. looking after yourself it really really is it's kind of catching the slide before it starts yeah. going going too fast yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, can we start, can we get, I don't want to put you on the on the spot with the science too much, Sorry? but there are a couple of hormones that I would like to particularly talk about okay. because particularly serotonin okay. because of that gets talked about so much when yep. we talk about what's going on on with the brain. Yep. Are there foods that we can eat that improve the, the production or the quality? I don't quite know the words involved in, in the question I'm asking, but yeah. I think you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, so, I've, well, I've already mentioned definitely you need to have make sure we have um, protein. It's an amino acid called tryptophan. So we're looking for foods that have that in, and it won't be on the label. So when I, that's why I always say, you know, getting varied protein in the diet gives you the best chance of accessing tryptophan. Right. Um, unfortunately, tryptophan is one of the... Um, kind of hardest to obtain amino acids from protein so we do have to be eating a varied amount um poultry tends to be quite a good source um uh, of tryptophan but also things like chickpeas um can be a good source as well so you don't have to you know necessarily be a meat eater to kind of get what you need um i work with all kinds of people some people are meat eaters and sometimes they're not um so yeah, I, I would make sure that you were having that. And I kind of say that my little go-to snack for helping with tryptophan and serotonin is hummus on oat cakes. And purely because of that combination I mentioned before that they kind of, you get in the tryptophan from the um, chickpeas and you get in a bit of carbs from your oat cakes just to help get them to where they need to go basically yeah sure yeah does that help or? yeah very much so yeah <laughs> is there anything else that you that's um you know because we don't want to put too much onus on like individual foods i know no, that's no. not how it works but no. there are a few things that are particularly good for these like you mentioned you know getting the the right amount of poultry and is there anything else that you kind of uh you know if we were no. if we were going to design a, a mental health dish <laughs> well i i yeah i guess i i like um I like to start the day with a mood boosting smoothie because that you can get so many different elements into that in one go. Um, it's quite nutrient dense and it can help moods in multi different 
ways rather than like you said focusing on individual foods so you know making sure that you kind of get like your protein in there so maybe you put some mixed seeds in maybe you put um some well you first of all you need some kind of liquid so some plant-based milk i I use or any milk um seeds for your protein maybe some nut butter to kind of give it a bit of texture for protein and healthy fats um healthy fats are really important because they help protect the brain cells so if we are kind of um, a bit inflamed or there's toxins in the body that can also influence our mental health so advocate putting healthy fats in avocado nut butter something like that um big old handful of um mixed berries because they're like bursting with antioxidants um and polyphenols and polyphenols feed our gut bacteria and our gut bacteria talks to our brain so it's all about feeding both if that makes sense yeah yeah um and then getting some uh greens in there so greens are going to provide you with that because you've kind of gone i've got my protein my fat my carbs so the greens are going to get give you access to all these kind of vitamins and minerals and micronutrients that are really helpful for mood as well yeah magnesium iron uh folate things like that yeah so i suppose it's i'm not sure if i answered your question (laughs) if i went off on a tangent no not at all not at all i think it like i suppose like it sounds like variation is key so with like fruits veggies meats whatever it is that you're choosing to eat yeah exactly and i think that you know if 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 i've started the conversation by saying that we're all different and we're all personalized so some of us may have more needs for other things than others but if we're kind of just talking at kind of about putting the foundations in place and making sure we're all um you know getting the basics and then we're tinkering from there then that's brilliant starting place so something like um the mediterranean diet um pattern has got really good research for supporting mental health so um if i was if i was going to recommend something broad then that Mm. would be where i would um start and then you know at that point maybe you'd want to work with a professional to kind of understand what your body exactly needs to tailor within that yeah Yeah. for your own own specifics yeah Yeah. you mentioned the gut there rach that comes up a lot in this conversation because they got is it the second brain or something like that they call the gut yeah yeah. what's the what's the vibe there i've never quite understood (laughs) (laughs) understood that yeah so it's the second brain for a number of reasons well one being it's it's home to the what's called the enteric nervous system so there's a whole host of uh, nerves in the gut that is receiving brain uh, signals directly from the brain wow. and vice versa and then secondly um, the gut is home to um, this fast ecosystem um, called our microbiome and that's basically our gut bugs that live alongside us and they um, carry out processes on our behalf um, and the products that they produce um, also can also influence our mood because they signal um, the gut to make serotonin, for example, um, and they can. So there's like, there's like almost like this like bi-directional communication right. between the gut and the brain. So often, you know, if there's an imbalance in the brain, that's when we can sometimes then notice kind of um, you know, misfiring of signals, maybe some kind of gut type symptoms. So you know, when we're stressed and we kind of maybe get like that IBS feeling, yeah, yeah, or, you know, that sort of link or and vice versa. If your gut's not healthy or the, you know, the balance isn't, isn't right in the gut, then that could actually be a contributing factor to poor mental health. Yeah. yeah, definitely. A lot of sort of um, like, I suppose, tummy related stuff is quite often, um, 
you know, people will go to the doctor. I've had doctors on before, I've had GPs on, and they'll say people will come with like diarrhea or constipation and there'll yeah. be no kind of reason for it. And it's a, a real like side effect of, of mm. struggling with, with mental health. Yeah. yeah, that's fascinating. That's really, really, um, really, really interesting. Yeah. What about things like, well, I'll tell you what I'd like to ask you about, actually, um, is uh, there'll be a lot of that in this, <laughs> over, the, over the next bit of time. But because um, there's a lot of fuss, I think, when you see stuff about nutrition online and on Instagram and stuff like that, there's a lot of fuss about buying, like, your fruit and veg from the supermarket in your plastic pots. Is that something we, you know, is it one of those things that, like, if you eat, if you're not very good at eating fruit, and that's going to help you eat more fruit. That's better. And we worry about the mm-hmm. container later. Is that kind of the way to go with that sort of stuff? Um, I would say, I, I, I'm going to say it depends. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I mentioned before that I do a lot of testing in clinic. So I, I, I do hormone testing in clinic as well. And for some uh, ladies, um, kind of exposure to plastics isn't going to be that helpful for hormone balance. Right. So if, so that that may be more important for that type of person than somebody who perhaps has got balanced hormones but they're just not eating enough fruit and vegetables, in which case you'd just be saying, right, well, you know, let's just... Get it in. Yeah, you've got to meet somebody where they're at. So if, like, your question is, like, really um, relevant because for somebody who's already kind of a good fruit and veg eater and they can't understand why they're having all these symptoms and then we kind of pinpoint, actually, there's a kind of hormone imbalance here and your body's been exposed to all these kind of hormone disrupting chemicals from plastics for example then they don't want to be heating their food in microwave pots or they don't want to be buying their um, vegetables in plastic and you know they want to be calming everything down that they can to kind of help support them from that perspective so but you know like you're right if 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 you kind of get someone who's like that and not eating vegetables then the first thing to do is just get them to eat vegetables so it's I tailor it depending on who the person is in front of me. So yeah. I know I'm not giving you a kind of No, that's the answer, answer we need, right? <laughs> because that would put me off in the past. If I'd say, you know, if someone would say to me, you know, oh, you shouldn't be buying these things in the Asda pots, no. I'd be like, mate, like, I'm busy at the moment. My yeah, life's pretty hectic. Exactly. If I'm going to eat fruit, that's how yeah. it's coming, right? You've got to work where someone, I always work with where someone's at. And I'm, you know, you're never aiming for perfect. You're aiming to help that person, first of all. So you're aiming to get them closer to good do you see what i mean yeah. so yeah you know if i've got someone in front of me who's a you know who's really um you know been on a journey like i've been on and they've kind of really um resolved lots of things and they're kind of almost coming and they think that they're like perfect then at that point you'd be then thinking okay how do we tweak this yeah, even more and yeah. these types of things that you might be talking about um so yeah it, it is important for some individuals mm. is the answer yeah. I, suppose. I suppose some people need an extra one percent where some people like you know just a, a good 50 yeah. percent will do a 50 yeah. percent change yeah, yeah definitely and i think if we're going to talk about how things that we consume affect us i think we've got to look at booze right we've got to look at alcohol because um i mean you mentioned it before people saying like i can't sleep without my glass of wine and stuff mm. like that and culturally we're surrounded by it yeah what effect does this sort of overconsumption of alcohol have on us um well i don't think it's any secret that alcohol consumption is related to poor mental health outcomes this is very much a depressive Uh, isn't it yeah absolutely um and for some individuals it can be um 
even worse than that. So, for example, if you're um, somebody who so- suffers social anxiety, then um, again, looking at the research, there's uh, research which suggests that actually that person's more at risk of having like a dependence on alcohol or developing alcohol-related diseases further down the line. So for that individual, that they might be best just avoiding alcohol altogether. Um, but yeah, it's it's a tricky, it's an interesting one, alcohol, because so we talked before a little bit about the mood chemi- the mood regulating chemicals in our brain. So there's one chemical called um, GABA. Have you ever heard of it? I haven't. No. GABA is short for gamma butyric amino a- um, acid. I think. <laughs> have I got that right? We'll just call it GABA between friends, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, GABA is our calming neurotransmitter. Okay. So it kind of it works in tandem with our excitatory um, neurotransmitter, and they work together to kind of keep things stable in the body. So. Um, when our um, GABA receptors are being fired, that's helping us to stay calm. And often why people rely on alcohol is because alcohol um, interacts with those receptors, so it helps us to stay. It ke- keeps GABA in play for longer, really, which is right. why which is why alcohol is a, a relaxant. Um, so that sounds great, apart from the fact that obviously all the negative stuff that comes with alcohol, the kind of you know low beer fear the next day, the anxiety, the low mood, and all that stuff, Aside from the fact also that um, alcohol also depletes us of B vitamins and B vitamins are cofactors in creating these happy chemicals in our brain. So, you know, the alcohol really isn't great for mental health. So what can we, it's kind of then how can we find ways of kind of keeping us calm? So things like yoga fires the GABA receptor. So that's like a really interesting um, alternative to uh, alcohol. But also... um, there are compounds in certain herbs which can actually um, activate on GABA as well. Okay. So, so that's like drinking like peppermint tea. I mean, sometimes I have conversations with clients and I say, when you get in from work today, instead of kind of having a glass of wine, why don't we try a peppermint tea and see if that helps you feel, you know, get in that calm yeah. space first. You know, for some people, it might not cut it in the same way as alcohol, especially if they've been drinking for a while, but it can help. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then certain, again, certain supplements things like lemon balm and um um valerian all act on that kind of same pathway to help us stay yeah calm. So there's things yeah. we can do i suppose it's yeah finding those those substitutes and the, the other one i really wanted to ask you about as well is caffeine and coffee mm-hmm. and i've got kind of like my own personal reasons for this because i kind of i'm very guilty of dragging myself through a morning with with caffeine mm-hmm. and although it's it's handy, isn't it, yeah. here and there, and it's not necessarily bad for us, but when we kind of get a little bit over-dependent on it, does that have a negative effect on what's going on like with our biochemistry? Yeah, so obviously caffeine is a stimulant, so your brain perceives that as a stressor in the same way it would perceive any kind of psychological stress. It's Your body will deal with it in the same way. Your brain, wow. Basically, your brain receives the information and stress from like sugar stimulants you know injury anything that's going on your body will you know not distinguish that you you know you're stressed because of work or you're stressed because you've had caffeine it's the same response that happens so you activate in that um stress response your adrenal fires and you produce cortisol so that being said i think with most of these things it will depend on the individual so some people are more sensitive to these things than others um Caffeine obviously has like cognitive benefits, so it helps to keep us alert and helps us to focus. So it's about how do we kind of 
um, strike that balance. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> you're going to laugh now because you, you you mentioned this before. So I, we, we were talking about green tea earlier before we started yeah, to record. Yeah. Um, so I've kind of recently got into drinking matcha tea. Okay. Um, so matcha is green tea that's basically grown in the shade and it's deliberately grown that way um, and then it comes in like a powdered form. It's grown that way to enhance the caffeine content but it also enhances the content of a compound called L-theanine and L-theanine is like an anti-stress compound. Wow. Um, and it, what's really fascinating about matcha tea is that you kind of, when you drink it, you can kind of get the same, you can get the cognitive benefits that you want from a coffee but you're not, the kind of caffeine release into the system is slower because the L-theanine is slowing that caffeine down. So it's more of a slower, rather than that kind of hit and maybe the kind of... The crash afterwards. Yeah, and the crash afterwards. Yeah. It's like it's a slower release into the system. Wow. So, yeah, I've been finding that. I'm actually somebody who can't um, tolerate, not very good at tolerating um, coffee or caffeine. So um, as much as I love the smell of it and the taste of it, I'm just not... I just can't drink it because it doesn't work with for me. Yeah. Um. But matcha tea, I'm finding, and it's like, no, I can get in the zone. I can do a bit of writing, um, and yeah, I can just. But it's quite. You're getting that kind of green tea calming effect at the same right, time. Right. Yeah. That's there fascinating. There you go. Matcha, yeah. matcha lattes for Mate, you. Get ready. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, look, stuff like that, I just think is so interesting. Is when you say it like it's grown in the shade yeah. to, to for a specific reason. Yeah. You think who's figured that out? I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. Where does it? This is what we've obviously got far too much time on our hands as a human race. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, mate. No, that's really, really interesting. No, I'll give that a try. I'll let you know how I, how I get yeah, on. Yeah. And um, it, what sort of other stuff do you think is useful? You know, what in because I'm, I'm guessing with the people you work with, I bet you find um, as a general rule, there's a lot of like, there's a few things that will come up a lot. That tends to be how it is with working with the public, you know, whether that's alcohol and caffeine are the, are the big ones, but is there anything else that comes up that you think is you, you've got a useful swap for, or maybe a useful thing to bring in or take out? Um, so I think that it, blood, blood sugar balance comes up quite a lot with people. Um, so cortisol is involved in, our, in helping us to control our blood sugar balance. Um, so when we eat food, we kind of absorb it, the blood sugar rises, we produce insulin, insulin tells that blood sugar to be stored. Um, and if it drops below where it needs to be, cortisol tells us to eat to bring it back up to normal. So blood sugar balance comes up a lot because um, most of us don't understand that that's what's happening in the body and that can be linked to quite a lot of symptoms. Um, and it's also another stressor on your adrenal glands. So when you're already kind of at that burnout point, it's another thing that you could be doing to help take the pressure off the adrenals. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the reason why I'm mentioning it... Um, I had a reason and I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, my goodness me. It'll come back to me. When yeah, it's all right. We'll cut the thinking bit out. It'll be fine. I know. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just trying to remember that. I, I, you asked a specific question. You said, what do I see all the time? Blood sugar balance. And then I was thinking about... Um, yeah, and the cortisol. Oh, yeah. So, for example, yeah. So, what, what's tends to, what, what I tend to see with blood sugar balance then is that... Um, People maybe aren't having enough to eat at lunchtime and then they kind of get that afternoon crash and then reach for the biscuits or reach for the chocolate just to kind of give them the pick-me-up. And what that, that basically is, your blood sugar balance in the body. So it's dropped a bit too low, maybe because your lunch wasn't balanced. So you reach for the chocolate to kind of bring it back up again 
and then you go on your bit of a roller coaster so a nice little swap i say to people is when you're kind of if you want the chocolate in the afternoon is have it with some nuts at the same time so just and maybe some dark chocolate so a couple of a couple of um squares of dark chocolate um with some nuts um just to slow that blood sugar release down um and then going back to those fundamental principles at lunchtime have i got protein in my lunch have i got carbs have i got healthy fats just to make sure and just trying to keep that blood sugar stable throughout the day yeah um chocolate as well dark chocolate is a rich is a good source of magnesium and often when we're craving it it's because we haven't potentially got enough in the body oh really yeah Yeah. so that and magnesium again another key nutrient for mental health mm. and you know when we have when we're kind of deficient we're more vulnerable to um low mood and anxiety yeah yeah definitely oh wow that's you know i don't know if that's what you were looking for yeah with that, that it really handy is tip. yeah <laughs> gosh yeah no i'll take anything yeah it's just um it's just it's really really fascinating you know and we we consume all this stuff and we don't really think about it and i think i'm particularly thoughtful about it today because when i was um just doing a bit of just a bit of prep work for this i was reading on your your website and i kind of like so many things are the stuff that you work with and i was like yeah, I've got a bit of that at the moment. I've got a bit of that at the moment. I've got a bit of that at the moment. But we don't realise, right? Yeah. We're so focused on other on other things, yeah. you know? And um yeah, we can get this we can we with caffeine and with sugar and stuff, we can change our energy to get through a day, but that's a really short term yeah. short term solution. Yeah. Yeah. Oh mate, that's that's fascinating. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so what's um am I right in thinking you're writing a book? Is that <laughs> yes. is that yeah? yeah? Well, yes, yeah. <laughs> Um, so I'm writing the book about burnout. Um, it's all it's going to be about how to tackle um, fatigue and emotional overwhelm naturally. Um, so yeah, it's going to um, basically look at what's going on in the body when we're burning out, and then it'll go into a bit more detail about my mood boosting method. And so more than what we've talked about here in terms of how people can kind of help themselves. Yeah. Um, you know, because as I said before, you know, we we. We know what's available to us to help with our mental health. It's not always accessible. It doesn't always work. Mm. So it's just really to kind of highlight there is another way to kind of help ourselves. Yeah, it's like a puzzle, isn't it? I yeah. say it again. I say it to deaf people. Are probably sick of sick of hearing it, you know. But all those just individual pieces, and we focus so much sometimes on 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 the exercise or on the on the the walking and on the and but nothing works in isolation and nothing works about those foundations so you can do all the yoga in the world but if yeah. you're not you know putting yeah. the right stuff in your fridge and then in your belly then it's you know you're, Absolutely. you're leaving yourself open to um to to change yeah, yeah. oh mate that feels like yeah. a really nice uh, point to, to draw a line. Thank you so much for your time today, mate. I've really enjoyed it. It's been lovely to meet you as well. Yeah, I know. It's been really nice chatting. I yeah. <laughs> I didn't feel like, um, you know, like we hadn't really met before. It's really yeah, nice. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh, mate. Well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> Cut and scene. Yay! There we go, mate. listening from the proper mental podcast please like and subscribe the space star